Hey guys, I hope you enjoy this week's episode of the podcast. I am not going to be doing a typical intro this week as it is a special MLB opening day preview episode along with a March Madness recap of what's been going on in the tournament so far. I will be sure to highlight everything that's been going on in the first part of the next episode that I do drop. I had a really fun conversation with Anthony that I recorded about a week ago, which means that when we talked about the March Madness tournament, it was before the round of the Sweet 16. We do give some Sweet 16 predictions, so that's what was current at the time. So you can kind of see where our predictions went right and where they went wrong because we did end up giving predictions for the Sweet 16, the Final Four, and a national champion. There were definitely some predictions that were right as of up to this point, and then there were some that were completely off as well. It'll be fun for you guys to be able to see where we went right and where we went wrong. That conversation was a lot of fun, and I'm really excited to share it with you guys. So with that being said, let's get into the episode. So today we have a very special 2021 opening day MLB season preview with my buddy, Anthony. Uh, Anthony, how you been doing? Good, been man. You? Pretty good. What have you been up to? Not much, man. Just trying to keep busy, you know? It's nothing, nothing too exciting. So we're going to just kind of cover the off season and then go into just some different things about the MLB season this year and then make some predictions and talk a little bit of March Madness and then we'll be good with it. So first off, what did you think of the off season this past year and Besides the Dodgers going out to get Bauer, what team do you think had the biggest offseason for improving their roster? I thought the offseason sucks. I thought the money was just not there. Like, the owners just didn't spend, except for the big markets. Um, so the Nets had a good offseason. The Blue Jays. Yeah, there just, there just wasn't a lot of spending yeah. going on and stuff. Like, I think Bauer to the Dodgers was shocking. And then, um, yeah, really that. I think the Blue Jays and the... Um, Mets had good off seasons. Which, I mean, the Blue Jays kind of surprised me because they haven't typically been a franchise to go out and spend a lot of money to go get a free agent. No. But because, I mean, their owners are like one of the richest in sports, but they just don't mm-hmm. want to. You know, you have the owners that are in in the business just to, for a business and then there are others that are in it because they want to win. So correct. Who do you think was the biggest surprise signing of the offseason? I would say Bauer going to the Dodgers. I thought he was going to go to the Mets. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. How much do you think not having winter meetings affected this year's offseason? I think it definitely affected it a lot. Like, you didn't have a lot of the people in one place. Like, everything was virtual. So there was no, like, one week to get a deal done. Like, it was like, oh, we'll get back to you, I feel like. So that's just me. Yeah, definitely. Do you think not having the minor league season last year is going to affect the product from the younger players on the MLB field? Not necessarily. I mean, because you still had a lot of the top prospects that were, like, 
closer to the major league level, like the alternate sites. So I don't think it will affect it too much the major league level. I think it will be more of a quality early on at just the minor league levels. Like when this when those seasons start back up because those guys didn't even play last year, you know? Yeah, especially like the single A, double A mm-hmm. guys. What rookie prospect or second year player do you think is going to have the highest or is going to make the singular biggest impact on their team this year. I mean, it'll be interesting to see what Arosarena does with Tampa after the run he had. Oh, yeah. It was so hot in the postseason last year. Yeah. I mean, it'll be interesting to see, like, how he how he does this year because um, he could carry an offense. Look at what he did. So, yeah, that'd be my take. That's my take for a guy. Like, just see what he ends up doing because you don't really know what he could do. Yeah, definitely. I mean, what did he have last year? Like, 11 home runs in the postseason? He was, like, eight. He tied the record for the most home runs in a single postseason. Yeah. Something like that. That's wild for a rookie, too. Mm-hmm. If someone was a rookie last year and played during the 60 game season, how much do you think that's going to affect them this year in regard to stamina with them having to play a full 162? Versus only 60. Eh, I mean, I think it will affect the pitching more than it affects hitters. I think, I think you're going to see a lot of pitchers not go deep in the games this year. I mean, I know you said like rookies, but um, I just think like overall, I think, I think it will affect the pitching side more than it will affect the hitting side more of the game because the pitchers aren't going to be as built up and they didn't have as long as long of a leash as they had last year because they were built up to, to pitch shorter amounts, if that makes any sense what I just said. Yeah, it does. They're doing, a, they're preparing for a sprint, not the marathon. Of a yeah. So they had more, they could just kind of let it loose and not yeah. have to worry about the long-term effects of a longer season. So the MLB GM's office hired Ken Griffey Jr. and Theo Epstein to fix the pace of play and try to connect the game with the younger generation. How do you think these moves are going to help affect to try to grow the game? I think like um, I think Theo will be good for like the pace of play side of it because he's always said that like there's too much technology in the game now with analytics and all that. And he's just like, and he, and he, he even blamed himself when he first took, when he first left the Cubs and all that. And then he took the position with the, with MLB's office. And he was like, he's like, I'm even to blame for that. He's like, there's, there was too much analytics. Like there's not, there's not the human aspect of it anymore. But, um, but Griffey, man, Griffey's good for the game because he's, cause he's the kid and he'll be able to connect and stuff, which will be good. How much do you think not having fans in these stands last year, affected contracts and free agency going forward for this year? I mean, yeah, there's a lot of money lost from it. Um, I mean, they were still making a crazy amount of money off their TV deals from like the postseason and all that and revenue sharing. But it um, definitely affected the way that like money was like spent into the game this year because they didn't know if they'd be there this year. Yeah, and especially the smaller markets too. Like, obviously, like the Bostons, the LA's, mm. New York's, they're going to be okay. But, like, a smaller market, like a Tampa or a, I don't know, like a Colorado or a St. Louis. Yeah. I mean, like, Tampa, Tampa got rid of their two best pitchers. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. So, I mean, and San Diego spends a ton of money. But, I mean, none of it's really like get this year. It's all like long term money that they've invested in. Who else besides Blake Snell did Tampa lose? Charlie Morton. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Duh. He went um, to they- Atlanta, right? Yeah. They're going to be interesting to see this year. Just yeah, a lot of pitching. They got a lot of pitching this year. See if they can make another run at that NL title. Besides the Yankees, what's one team you've enjoyed watching in spring training? I've liked putting the Mets on. 
I have. I've enjoyed watching the Mets play. They um, there's talent there. There's always there's talent there every year. It's just they don't figure it out. I think this is the year they kind of figure it out. But uh, even like watching like Tampa two and stuff in San Diego. I like Tampa's like analytics side of it, and I like San Diego's the like, youth side of it, where there's just an excitement to them. Really? really, those three teams outside of the Yankees, the Mets, Tampa, and um, the Padres. You know, it's been great when you can actually watch a spring training game because half the games aren't even. Oh uh, yeah, man! You can't even watch half the freaking games but if you have a vpn on your computer you can watch any game that's true what's one out of market team well you don't if you have a vpn you don't need a uh have to worry about blackouts but um what's one out of market team you're excited to watch this upcoming year definitely the padres yeah same they're gonna be a uh, wagon to watch this year Mm-hmm. So being somebody from New York, what do you think it'll mean to the game of baseball in the U.S. to have the Yankees and Mets play at City Field on the 20th anniversary of 9-11? Oh, I think it's awesome. I think it's a great way to really unify, especially the city and New York as a whole. Definitely. I mean, I wanted to get tickets to go to that game as soon as I heard they were doing that. So I think it's a great thing. I mean, I would love to see the like the players wear like NYPD or uh, yeah. FDNY hats out there. So that would, that would be cool. That'd be good to see too, like supporting those, supporting those uh, first responders that were really important on 9-11. I know you love the uh, Houston Astros, but um, even though the Astros cheating scandal became public over a year ago and we've gone through an MLB season and most of the people that were involved in this scandal have been removed from the organization in this at this point and have new jobs around the MLB. Do you think some of the players and teams may still be looking for some retribution because they didn't necessarily play the Astros a season ago because in the 2020 season you're only playing teams in your geographic region so teams from the east or the central did not play the Astros and one team that was affected by the Astros very much is in the AL East so do you think players are going to be looking for uh, retribution still this year uh I mean as a fan yes I would I th- I would think so, but I mean as the players, I mean especially the Yankees, I think it'll be interesting. I don't know like how the Yankees will react to it like now playing them this year, but like I mean most of the players are still there and it was pretty much pinned on them, but they didn't get anything done to them. And then um I mean Hinch is in Detroit, Lunau's not even back. I mean the only one that's gone is Springer, the rest of the group is still there. To me I think that would be uh, a wait and see what happens. Like, ask me after May 4th when I'm at the Yankee Astros game how that goes. Is that the first time that those two are playing? Yeah. I think it's the last season in September, but then the whole schedule changed. It's the first time they were coming back to the Bronx. I guess it worked out for you. Get to go to the first game since those two teams. Yeah, those tickets are like $400 now. Paid 60 bucks. That's awesome. Where are you sitting? Bleachers? The bleacher creatures. Nonetheless, dude, the bleacher creatures. Oh, we're going to have a day. Is that a afternoon game, night game? Night game. Might have to throw that game on. It'll be interesting to Definitely see. Definitely. Probably be on ESPN or something. Yeah, what is it? It's a... What day is it? Tuesday. What are you looking forward to to doing the most when you make it back to an MLB ballpark for the first time? Just being there. Like, enjoying, like... The atmosphere? Yeah. I mean, you can say what you want about the $15 beers, like the overpriced food. And that first $15 beer will be fantastic. But um, definitely just being there, man. Like being yeah. there with fans, like having some sense of normalcy, even though I wish it was a packed stadium. So I would go to a packed stadium if I had the choice. What's the capacity that they're like 15%, 20%? I think it's 20. So it's like 10,000, 10, something like that, I think. That's still not bad. 
It's not terrible. I'd rather see 40,000 of my best friends there. 40,000 with people with uh, trash cans. Uh, I mean, I might bring a trash can, but we'll see. Now we're just going to get into some quick predictions about division winners. Who do you think is coming out on top of the AL East? I mean, I think it's the Yankees just because they have more talent than like, especially like the pitching they brought in this year. But at the same time, like don't count out Tampa. Toronto could have a good year. Boston could surprise. You really don't know. They're looking deeper than I expected this uh, spring so far. So And then Baltimore too. I mean, Baltimore sucks. No, Baltimore is not. Who do you think's winning the AL Central? You have the Indians, White Sox, Twins. I think the White Royals. Sox, definitely. But I mean, the, you can't count the Indians out. They're winners. No. Even after losing Lindor and. Uh, they're still winners. They know how to win. I mean, they're bringing back the Cy Young, Cy Young pitcher, so. Yeah, they haven't not been relevant in mm-hmm. a while. So, White Sox were a good surprise last year. It's going to be interesting to see if they can pull off that. I mean, they ha- they were successful at a 60-game season, but if they can hold it for a full 162. Yeah, it's the thing. It's going, to be, it's going to be back to a normal season for a lot of those young guys. But, I mean, they brought in a Hall of Fame manager that knows how to put a team over the top, so. Yeah, that's true. Twins might be good, too. Just we'll see. See yeah, the Twins don't go anywhere. Yeah, <laughs> they, never go anywhere. they go to the first round and then lose to the Yankees. So. Every year. <laughs> um, AL West. I mean, definitely Oakland at the same time. I don't think uh, the Angels have really anything to support Mike Trout. The Astros are the Astros, man. You let them in, they're going to go on a run. Like They showed them the, in that 60-game season. They had a losing record and went to the AL Championship Series. So I don't think the Rangers or Seattle will really contest. I think it will be an Oakland-Houston division, one of those two. Yeah, it's going to be a battle up to the end, I feel like, with those guys. This is probably the hardest division with the NL East. Honestly, any of these – I mean, the Marlins probably not – but like they're still gonna be nah, don't good this the year. Out, Derek Jeter's building a winner down there. But like any one of these teams could win the division. I mean, the Nationals were not good last year at all, but you know, they still got a lot of those players from the 2019 season when they won the World Series. Mm-hmm. And oh yeah, man, they're a bunch of winners at the end of the day. So I mean the Mets are good. The Phillies, if they can play up to their abilities, they're gonna be a very good club. The Braves, I mean I think it'll be the Braves, the Mets, and the Nationals. And and then I mean the Marlins you can't kind of out can't count them out. So we'll see about that. And all central, you got the Cardinals, the Cubs, the Brewers, the Reds, and the Pirates. No oh, Cardinals. I'm not, I'm not even. I'm not even thinking about anyone else in that division. The Cardinals. Yeah, especially after. Were you surprised to see Arenado get get traded to the Cardinals? Not necessarily, because they didn't give up anything for him, and they got money with him. And that's an organization that you take you take on a winning player, and they're going to be a star there. It was like the Stanton trade. You're literally getting money and not giving up any top prospects for, yeah. for, for that talent. Yeah, the Rockies were basically like, here, just take him. We'll pay you to take him. It's like, all right, but NL West, that's going to be a uh, dogfight, I feel like. I mean, the Dodgers are very good, but the Padres are going to give them a run for their money, definitely. Oh, yeah. I think think it's going to come down to the last game of the year for those two. It's going to be interesting to see. It's going to be like the Yankees-Red Sox back in the day. Yeah. It's going to be who's got the division at the last possible second. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I feel like that could be definitely one of like the new rivalries in baseball. I mean, it's always been Dodgers Giants, but Dodgers Giants will always be there. That'll always be there. Dodgers Giants. This 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 will be like an exciting like exciting season for those two teams because there's just talent there. 
Yeah, I was listening to uh, Starting Nine yesterday and Dallas Braden was like, what would happen if Walker Bueller pinned a fastball off the ribs of Tatis? Like, what type of a brawl would start? It's like, you know, I just feel like those two teams are very like... Yeah, yeah, they definitely will... uh... We'll go at it. It's going to be a dogfight out there. Some good clubs out there for sure. So now we'll just get some award winning. Who do you think is going to lead the MLB in home runs? John Carlos Stan. Wow. I think a healthy John Carlos Stan is going to go on a tear this year. Healthy is a very uh, question. If he, if he can stay healthy, yeah, I can see that. But Because, I mean, he just, he just hit like, bro, look what he did in the playoffs. And like, he had six home runs in five games. Yeah, whatever it was. Yeah, and then six home six home runs in five straight games. Yeah, and then he hit the bomb in spring training this year too. Like the, I think Gary's gonna have a huge year, but he won't win MVP. But he's gonna have a good year. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah, come back to me in September. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, uh, batting title AL and NL batting title. I think the AL could be between. Anderson and LeMahieu again. I could see that. I thought I thought if LeMahieu didn't get hurt though, he would last year for like that week he was going to hit 400 this season because he was like he was hitting like 450 at the time. But yeah. um, I think I think it's going to be a, a LeMahieu uh, Anderson and then maybe a Trout. Maybe Trout mixes himself in with it. But for that and in the National League, Freddie Freeman. Maybe? Freeman could leave the league in average. Mookie yeah. Betts maybe. <laughs> Okay. That's a tough one. The National League's more open for that. It's a different style of play, though, than the American League. The American League is mash, 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 and it's, like, rare to have, like, a, a LeMahieu and Anderson in the same league. Yeah, that's true. Uh, Juan Soto won the 2020 batting title. That definitely makes sense. Uh, I can see that. I was going to say Soto. Soto or Freeman, one of those. Mm-hmm. The Nationals better pay Juan Soto. Oh, yeah, I think yeah. they will. But there's also no need to right now. You have them under control. AL and NL Cy Young Awards. You can't count DeGrom out of the National League. But uh, I think you could see a Bueller, Snell, Bauer. You could see a lot of guys compete for it. I just think um, I think DeGrom's the guy. Dude just pitches. And yeah. I think the American League, I think it could be a... I think you could see like a Cole, Glass now. Um, I mean, I think if Ryu has a good year in Toronto, you could see him back in the mix. I think a healthy Kluber, because um, he's looked it. He's looked healthy. He's looked like himself. He's with New York out. now, right? Yeah, he's with New York. Yeah. yeah. There's really no like, there's really no one out west that I would say would run would be in contention for it. So I'd definitely just say that. I'd say those guys. AL and NL MVPs. And like Mookie in the National League. Yeah. And then um I mean if Stan's gonna lead the league in home runs, might as well win the MVP. Yeah. Not no yeah. Gary. No Gary. Nah, Gary I think Gary's gonna have a good year, but he'll 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 get a comeback player of the year. So now we're gonna switch into a little bit of college basketball with uh March Madness. What are your thoughts on the tournament so far? Used by a million. Always just kidding. I mean, low key, I think they could go all the way. Yeah, we'll see. They, they, they got to be hotter than the sun, but they um, <laughs> definitely could. I mean, they're in the Sweet 16 so far, so. They got to play the winner of Oregon State, Loyola uh, Chicago. I don't think any of these teams are going to be prepared for the zone. They get by Houston. And I think that there's defense will be good enough to hold off Houston. We'll see, but. And then um, Florida State's got a good team still. I mean, Gonzaga is a tier above everyone, so. Oh, yeah. So, definitely, I think Gonzaga. But, I mean, it's been a, been a fun tournament, man. That's been a yeah. tournament full of surprises. Oh, yeah. Like, all, like a 15 seeds in the Sweet 16, you know. Not, I love it. 
I love it. I mean, the NCAA tournament's better than any tournament in all of college sports. Because, I mean, like with the college football playoff, you got the same four, essentially four teams making it every oh, the year. Same, four, same five teams, but fighting for four spots every year. And it's like with the March Madness, yeah, every team earns their position. But once they're all there, they're on a level play. I mean, yeah, you got sight. Anything can happen, dude. It's one game. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like all the teams that get there, some are just happy to be there. Yeah, like if they're like a 16 seed and they win their <laughs> conference tournament. But I mean, essentially, I mean, anything can happen and they're all on a level playing field. Mm-hmm. So, you know. One thing that needs to change in March Madness, the teams that win their conference tournament do not belong in the playing games agreed those playing games should be for those at-large teams from the major conferences let those teams that won their conference tournament to be in the field of 64 they deserve it yeah that's my one gripe yeah, that Michigan State UCLA playing game was nuts. That's what that's what it should be like. It should be it should be at large teams that had a decent year that are going to get in because they have because they're in the big conferences and they should be in those playing games. Like I don't know how in the world Syracuse missed the playing game, but I'm so glad they did because we are going on a run. Break out that Carmelo jersey. Oh, I've, I've always said if um, Syracuse makes the national championship, I will wear my signed Cuse Carmelo jersey. Have you never worn it? Never worn it. I had my mom mail it to me at school freshman year in 2016 when I went to the Final Four, just in case they made it to the championship. Sat in the box in my closet the whole year, but um, whole spring because they, they they lost to North Carolina. But it'll be interesting because this is the first year they won't face an ACC team until potentially the championship. Oh wow! Because in 2016 when they went on that run, they somehow got by Virginia. Yeah, but they had to play North Carolina. And North Carolina beats us all the time. They're, they're just too big. They have the big man that always kills us. Like Kennedy Meeks, the time. Um, and then in 2018, they played Duke. Yeah. And the Sweet 16, like it's just they run into they run into the ACC teams that know how to play against the zone. Where these yeah. teams, like San Diego State, didn't know how to. Um, and then we beat West Virginia. They didn't know how to, and then they just blew it. It's pretty yeah. typical. So, yeah, cardiac cues, baby. Yeah. They just so. love to rip your heart out and somehow repair it at the last. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, now this game against Houston, it's a 10 o'clock start. But I, I don't know why we can't have like an eight o'clock start because bars aren't open past 11. Yeah. But figure it out. Cues by a million. Yeah, we'll see. What's a team you've been excited to see about? Team I think Gonzaga. Yeah. Gonzaga, definitely. I mean, you don't really see them during the regular season. I mean, they're the number one team in the country. And, like, they know how to just, like, burn it on you. Yeah. And Loyola Chicago. They're a good basketball team. They're the number one defensive efficiency team in the country. Yeah. That's why so I don't want to play them, but I want to play them. Because yeah. they're not going to play against the zone. Yeah, that's true. Um, If they were to play Gonzaga, they would play in the national championship, right? Yeah. They're on the complete other side of the bracket. So, final four predictions. Well, I think Hughes. <laughs> um, I don't know. Gonzaga gets out of the one. I think Baylor gets out of the other. Which yeah. one am I missing? Because Illinois lost in the region with Syracuse. What's the other one seed? I'm pulling it up. I think Ohio State. They, or no, they, no, Ohio State was a two. They, they lost Oral Roberts. Yeah, I was going to say, they, they lost in the first round. They got cooked. Uh, Michigan? Michigan's a one seed? Yeah. I think Michigan's a good team, too. I can see them. Who do they got? Who do, what are the four teams left in their region? Uh, Florida State, UCLA, and Bama. So, the Sweet 16. Yo, Florida State. I think Florida State makes that out of there. They're too big. So, the Sweet 16 is Creighton, Gonzaga, 
USC and Oregon out of the West. You got Baylor, Villanova, Arkansas, and Oral Roberts out of the South. You got Michigan, Florida State, UCLA, and Bama out of the East, and Syracuse, Houston, Loyola, Chicago, and Oregon State out of the West. Syracuse out of the West. So, Syracuse, and then... Uh, then I think it's, it's either a Michigan or Florida State gets out of there because those are two good. Those those teams are too good. One of those two teams. Yeah. Because um, they don't play each other. They play each other in the Elite Eight then, right? Yeah. Florida yeah. State. Yeah. yeah. Florida State and Michigan. They don't play. They don't play in the Sweet 16. They play in the Elite Eight, right? Uh, yes. Those two teams will. That'll be a dogfight of an Elite Eight game. Both those teams win their Sweet Sixteen games. I think Gonzaga and Baylor run their way through um, through their regions to get to the Final Four and play each other. Those yeah. are the two best teams in the country. Gonzaga and Baylor. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, it'll be, if Syracuse gets by Houston, I think they get out. But be interesting. Don't count out the Qs. No. And then national champion, you're gonna go Syracuse. You gotta go Syracuse. Ah, nah. See, ah. see, I think Gonzaga is that much better. But I mean, my one bracket. That I have that's like doing really well. I have, I'm the only person that picked Houston to win it in this pool. With uh, with are you in the one with Nick Bowling? Yeah, yeah. I'm in ninth place right now. I'm the only one that picked Syracuse. <laughs> My other one I picked Ohio State, and it's so they're both tied for ninth right now. Oh gosh, How I was it? in third place with my Syracuse one going into the last day on Monday. And it dropped to nine. Yeah, well, because I, I had Ohio State going to my final four in that one too. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> and I had Georgetown losing in the championship. They were a first round knockout, right? George, yeah, Georgetown. Yeah, man. I thought I would have loved to see a Georgetown. I know. I thought they were going to go on a run. I thought they were, especially after Ewing was pretty mad at the Gardens. So. I know. So, all right. That's going to wrap up the special opening day MLB preview and March Madness recap. Uh, we recorded this before the Sweet 16, so obviously the Sweet 16 is going to be happening this upcoming weekend. You're going to know the Final Four, right? When this is yeah, you know the Final Four after this weekend. Yeah, you'll know the Final Four, but um, two by a million, baby. We'll see. But all right, Anthony, it's great having you on. Uh, can't wait to have you on again soon, hopefully too. Yeah, man, thank you, and uh, by a million, and can't wait to be at Yankees Astros in May. In the- Bronx with all my best friends in the concrete jungle. That's like five weeks away. Oh, dude, I can't wait. You have no idea. May the fourth be with you. What jersey are you going to wear? Uh, I have a Mariano jersey, but like I want a new one. I want a road jersey. I want the road one that says New York across it. Like, no name. No name on it. So, definitely would, uh... I don't know who I would get. I wanted a Torres one. I didn't get a Torres one. Maybe I want a LeMayhew... Surprised you never got a Jeter jersey. Do you have a Jeter jersey? No. I used to when I was younger. Maybe maybe I get a uh, boy, a Geo. I, I really don't know, to be honest with you, like what I would walk away with. LeMayu would be a sick one, I feel like. Yeah. But I got to see what they look like. I don't know. Like when I see them online with like the, like the Nike ones, I don't know. They just, they just turn me off. I have to see them in person. Yeah. Like they look they're like a screen print and it's like, looks, looks booty. So we'll see. Yeah. All right. I will cool man thank you, you for having me man looking forward to a great season hopefully we get we get through a full baseball season this year yeah definitely and get to go to a game at some point because then there won't be baseball in 2022 so no because of the lockout yep <laughs> so alrighty man thank you alright amen I'll talk to you later talk to you later man good seeing you you too
I hope you guys enjoyed my conversation with Anthony. It was a lot of fun to talk with him again, and I hope you guys were able to gain something from our conversation. I wanted to give a quick update on the bracket challenge. I will be reaching out to the person directly who ends up winning the bracket challenge, and I will also be tagging them in a post on the podcast's Instagram page, congratulating them on winning the contest. It was a lot of fun to look at everyone's brackets and kind of see who they had chose to win it all and where we went right with our picks and where we were completely off because there was definitely a good combination of both of those in the bracket challenge. And speaking of college basketball, some huge news came out of Chapel Hill, North Carolina, as the University of North Carolina's head basketball coach, Roy Williams, officially announced that he is retiring today after 33 years as a head coach in Division I college basketball. In Division I college basketball, he has over 900 career wins and three national championships. All of his three national championships were all won with the University of North Carolina. It was really fitting that his last home game was a 91-73 blowout win over arch-rival Duke in their senior night. I know I said I wasn't going to be going over any news this episode, but I figured that I should give a quick shout-out to Roy Williams and, and congratulate him on the incredible career that he has had in the sport of collegiate basketball. I hope you guys enjoyed this week's episode of the podcast. I do have some exciting interviews coming down the pipeline for you guys, and I'm really excited to share them with you. Be sure to rate and subscribe to the podcast on whatever platform you're listening to it on. Leave a rating and a review. Every review helps a ton. Be sure to follow the podcast on all of its social media platforms for the most up-to-date information and content regarding the podcast. I hope you guys have a great week, and I'll see you soon with another exciting episode. Ooh.